Welcome everyone to the season premiere, season two premiere of Easy Hacker Reviews on YouTube, podcast, everywhere, basically. Um, quite a momentous uh, episode here for you. Uh, first off, um, I meant to do this yesterday because yesterday was the first anniversary of this here uh, little operation I got going on here, Easy Hacker Reviews. Um, although back then it was just a YouTube channel, uh, not just YouTube and podcast, which is what it is now. Um, now with that said, I'm very happy that, um, been doing this for a year and, you know, had all this content put out, uh, would I rather it be that, uh, we'd be talking actually about games and stuff like that, like how we should be talking about the end of the second round starting the third round by now. Yes, I would rather be talking about that. But since we can't, because we still don't know if they're going to start, you know, the season again or not. Um, yeah, I don't know. So uh, without further ado, um, we got some news for you. Um and we will ha- end this episode with our main event. Uh, and our main event is uh, why I think, in my personal opinion, not professional because I'm not no professional on, in this. It's just a personal opinion, St. Louis Blues fan opinion. So, spoiler alert, it's about the Blues. So, if you don't care about any Blues stuff or anything like that, then, um, well, the end is probably not for you. So, um, also, spoiler alert, you know, kind of have my bias if you're new to the, the, uh, the podcast, um, which I appreciate everyone is listening to this podcast and also some stats here real quick for you, um, that I find quite intriguing. Um, cause for everyone that also listens to this on the podcast side, uh, which is 99.9% of all of you. Um, cause the, I do record, I do record this, the video portion and I do put that on the YouTube side. So if you want to see that it's on the YouTube side of things. And once we get bigger enough, uh, big enough, uh, cause that's the proper way to say that. Um, I plan to do these live on YouTube and simulcast on Twitch too, but, uh, that's probably another year off from there. Um, just depending on how things go for us here at easy hacker reviews on the bleed hockey podcast. Um, but yeah, um, for those that listen to this on the podcast side of things, uh, you've heard my numerous ads about anchor and how great it is and everything, which I do believe in that product because I use it every single episode of this. Um, cause that's how I upload and distribute the podcast. Um, which one of the cool things about it, this is not a, an ad read or anything like that. This is just me, um, finding intriguing, uh, about, about it is that it tells you geographic location on where your, uh, podcast is getting listened to 92% of the podcast is getting listened to in the United States. So thank you, America. Um, Less than 1%. I'm just going to go into less than 1%. Netherlands, less than 1%. Vietnam, less than 1%. Canada. Canada is less than 1%. And of in Canada, British Columbia and Quebec are your representation for Canada. So Canada. And I say Canada, and I do the one less than 1% because I just find this insane that Less than 1% Canada, less than 1% Hong Kong, and just recently, less than 1% in Malaysia, and less than 1% in Germany. But there's one country on here that I would not think. I'm very appreciative, and I hope I do get to go here next year, depending on my work and all that uh, malarkey. Um, But Canada is less than 1%. But who is 3%? I'll tell you who's 3% and they're 
I guess you could call them Europe in the European area. Um, Ireland. Ireland is 3% of the listenership of this podcast right now. And Canada is less than 1%. What the hell? <laughs> Ireland, you... Uh, I, I appreciate you guys. I, I appreciate everyone that listens to this, but I find it insane that Ireland... 3% of the listenership. That's insane. And uh, hopefully Canada can uh, step up and be, and take more of a, a share on that. So not taking any personal jabs at Canada. I love Canada. I hope to go and be in your lovely country one day. Um, when that might be, I don't know. But I uh, hope to do it sometime and starting off in either uh, BC or... Um, Ontario, go uh, the Toronto and a Hockey Hall of Fame and all that. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, that's long in the future, though. Um, just some uh, quick appreciation uh, notes here. Um, but anyway, uh, I know a lot of this is old and there's the bottom part is new. So I'm just going to go ahead and try to gloss over a lot of it. Um, first off, uh, I know there's also a lot of signings that have been made, a lot of ELCs from NCAA players. You know, there's a whole bunch of other uh, contract signings, stuff like that, but this is what I have. So it is what it is. Uh, first off, Columbus Blue Jackets have re-signed goaltender Elvis um, or Lincolns to a two-year, $8 million contract with an average annual value of $4 million. Not a bad deal um, with Corpus Hollow being down. Uh, before they uh was like around the all-star break time uh, which is why uh corpus Hollow couldn't represent uh the metropolitan division and tristan jari i believe uh took over his place at the all-star game uh my lincoln's uh was their starter and was pretty good pretty solid um and coming into this se- the past this season that we're currently paused under um i want to say uh, during free agency when uh, I was talking about how Bobrovsky got signed to the Panthers and uh, and they're like, oh yeah, this Elvis Merlinkins guy. And I'm like, who is this Elvis Merlinkins guy? Well, uh, I'll tell you who he is now. Um, he's a pretty solid uh, at least backup for sure and uh, can step up if uh, if need be. So uh, good signing for Columbus and in all honesty, it was probably a good thing that all those free agents left and uh, they didn't sign any of them because they have all that cap space to, you know, be a little bit more, you know, build it evenly instead of being top-heavy like the <coughs> Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and who knows? Maybe they can, you know, garner some, uh, you know, success. They just got to uh, happen. Just the thing kind of sucks for them is that they're in a very tough division with Philadelphia with the Pittsburgh Penguins, with the Washington Capitals, just to name a few, and a Rangers team that's starting to wake up. And, uh, yeah, and uh, also uh, the Islanders, too. It's a pretty tough uh, business over there. Um, Yeah, and we have some... uh, leadership in uh, teams being either dismissed or uh, mutually leaving. Uh, John McDonough of the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, who was the president and CEO of the Blackhawks, has been dismissed. And also per uh, Craig Morgan of The Athletic, uh, the Arizona Coyotes' CEO is uh, uh, Aaron Cohen has uh, left the Coyotes. Now, I want to say that John McDonough was fired. However, Aaron Cohen, I don't think he was fired. I don't know if it's one of those mutually parted ways type deals or what. Um, I know a lot of teams are kind of furloughing people and stuff like that. Maybe that's kind of a cost-cutting move that the Coyotes did. But I don't know exactly how that went shook out but he's no longer with the coyotes these are lovely coyotes for those that are watching this on the video side but but yeah 
And also, Joel Ward has officially uh, called it career. Um, he, uh, I don't think he played this season. Um, as a matter of fact, in my notes, he his last game. I don't think his last game was in the notes. However, um, 304 uh, career points, 724 career games. Uh, solid solid uh, forward and had a solid career. So uh, congratulations to Joel Ward, and hopefully he uh, succeeds in his future endeavors. Uh, now switching gears to the Montreal Canadiens. First off, uh, former Montreal Canadien, uh, Georges uh, Larocque has been uh, – Diagnosed with COVID-19, hopefully he heals up uh, pretty well. Uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, signed defenseman Alexander Romanov to a three-year ELC. And uh, Romanov was the Canadiens' second-round 38th overall pick in the 2018 draft. As well as the Montreal Canadiens forward, Philip Deneau, uh, saying that uh, he would likely vote against restarting the season. Uh, it means that he's going to be away from his family from uh for a while and he expects the other players are probably gonna do the same thing um, which is probably one of the reasons why we still have not heard even right now still have not heard back about uh anything anything that deals with the um return of the season and also quote from uh, Twitter here, um, from Gary Bettman saying that uh, even though it just keeps dragging on, dragging on, dragging on, and at some point you just got to say, hey, all right, which actually ties into our next news topic here. Um, at some point you're just going to have to call it, man. At some point. Because it's already, what day is it? May 14th? Yeah, May 14th. I should know this because this is the day after... Isaac is his first birthday, which is May 13th, so got to remember that. Um, but yeah, he's saying that shutting down season and not handing out Stanley Cup is not something that he's even contemplating, even though when this when the pandemic, you know, back in 1918, even during the, the Stanley Cup finals, they decided, hey, we're done. We're not going to award it uh, and have a good day, um, which we all know it's about money. Money, 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 money. Um, but yeah, they they need to figure out what the hell they're doing uh, with this starting the playoffs and stuff like that because there's been talks that they have a little board of governors meetings and restarting committees. Uh, apparently they met yesterday and still nothing has came out about when they plan to return. Um, hell, there's not even worried about, uh, when they're going to start like little mini camps to get everyone, you know, back to at least somewhat game speed. Um, even though I suspect that the, um, if there is a return that a slew and I mean a slew of injuries could very well come out of it because people are just going to be going straight into playoff top hockey out of the gate after being like idle for about eight, nine weeks. Um, but yeah, um, hope to hear about this soon, um, which is why, which also kind of wonders with the injuries and all that you when you get injured and since you're only allowed 23 players, at least during a regular season uh, up on the main roster, you have to send down players or call up players in the AHL. Now I already know for sure that I said ECHL, which is the basically the feeder league for the AHL canceled their season, all that, all that fun jazz, which is also why I still have the uh, donation. Um, URL uh, to help those in the ECHL if they still have it up. If the link doesn't work, um, it's probably because they took it down because they haven't been getting a lot of uh, love on there, at least when they still showed what the uh, number 
was in there, but now when you click it, you can still donate, but it doesn't show you the progress. By the way, uh, back on track, the AHL, I swore that I said this already, but if not, uh, they officially canceled their season. So the AHL is done for the season. So now leaves just the NHL. So if there's injuries or whatever, they're probably going to have to figure out um, keeping extra players on the uh, rosters or something like that. Um, but yeah, it'd be quite interesting to see how that shakes out uh, hopefully soon. Uh, and the NHL has postponed all 2020 international events and plans to reschedule in 2021. So all the international games that are probably going to happen during the preseason or like the first half of uh, or the 2020 half of next season, um, all postponed. And uh, 2021 dates that are probably in there. Uh, who knows? Um, I mean, who knows? They might try to reschedule that in the, the 2021 half of next season. Um, but yeah. And because of this whole stoppage and all that and the potential for them to return, uh, the NHL has proposed that in the 2020-2021 season could now start as late as day, uh, December 2020. Per uh, Pierre Lebrun, uh, they would be scrapping uh, the All-Star weekend, bye weeks, uh, shortening the holiday break uh, to squeeze in an 82-game schedule into a condensed time frame is what Pierre Lebrun is saying, as well as the league is not considering options that would include not having a full 82-game season uh, scheduled next year. So, um, that'd be um, quite interesting. Now, I will say, as an avid hockey fan, I probably mean players are probably going to hate that. Um, in the NHLPA, we'll probably hate that as well. However, um, condensed time frame with 82 games, which means more hockey every single day. As a hockey fan, I'd probably uh, be all game for that and be like, not going to say it's going to be like baseball uh, type scheduling where you have like three or four games back to back to back to back, but that would be. Oh boy, that would be uh, quite interesting to see. Which also, talking about the season next year, talking about the season that's paused now, uh, we go back to the draft. How uh, first off, uh, according to Pierre Lebrun, conditional picks could be renegotiated because of this whole mess. Point percentage determining the positioning on the draft lottery uh, may only have uh, one winner of the draft lottery and only have a maximum of moving four spots. Uh, and the NHL is expected to have another board of governors meeting about this. I'm pretty sure that they have uh, already had that, but nothing came out of it. Uh, at least that I've seen. And uh, Elliot Friedman also saying that the NHL uh, noticing the success of the NHL draft uh, and could very well do the same instead of uh, having in the building and having all the draft picks in one building and, you know, doing a little photo ops and stuff instead of doing kind of what the uh, NFL did, which basically had a zoom is super massive uh, zoom meeting uh, with all the draft picks and all that. Um, be quite interesting to see. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, because of this, the Canadians could be getting the draft in 2021 or 2022. Even though I read somewhere that they wanted to try to have the draft in 2021 because of Seattle coming into the league. Even though, now I understand the NHL, uh, the NHL awards are held at T-Mobile Arena, but I'm just going to say if the negate that and if Seattle got the draft just because they were coming into the league then how come Vegas or legitimately any other team in the expansion era didn't get that opportunity 
at least for the most part. Now, I want to say that Nashville did that um, around the time that they came into the league. I don't, I'm not too sure about that. Um, but yeah, giving Seattle, oh yeah, Seattle takes $650 million to join the league. Oh, hey, by the way, not only do you get, you know, the same rules as Vegas, but here's a draft for you. Just saying, there's there's other team, uh, there's other cities that are a little bit more deserving to have a uh, have a draft. And we do do do. Uh, St. Louis Blues. Now we get into the Blues talk here. Um, we'll be laying off. Uh, we'll have laid off non-essential staff uh, per Jeremy Rutherford, and they have. Uh, Started furlough program, uh, laying off staff will continue to receive their health benefits, and remaining staff will see a twenty percent reduction in salary. Which then, now we're in our main event time. Uh, no ad reads today on this episode for sure. Um, now we get into my main event here. Uh, main event being why I think. Alex Petrangelo needs to stay in St. Louis. And also, if he didn't, where could he go? What teams could benefit from him? First off, uh, a plug for uh, an article I read on Arch City, Meet Arch City Media, um, written by Jeremy Bowen of Arch City Media. Uh, quite, you know, basically reinforcing um, a lot of analysts' thoughts on why the Blues need to re-sign Petro. Um, And his article goes over uh, how his contract situation is different than David Backus in 2016. A parallel that Alex Petrangelo and David Backus share, other than being both draft picks of the Blues and being longtime Blues, also being captains and also being a captain, a beloved captain of the blues and being in, you know, being able to be a UFA for the first time. Now for Bacchus, I want to, I want to say that it was the first time. If not, sorry about that. Um, but basically the meat and potatoes of the fact of, of that article being that Alex Petrangelo has more upside to signing than Bacchus. Bacchus. Bacchus, number one, is a forward versus a defenseman. Defensemen have a longer shelf life than forwards do. Also, the fact that Bacchus's game was on the decline at that time while Petrangelo's is on the rise. Also, Petrangelo, unlike Bacchus in his department of play, being a defenseman versus a forward, he's revered as one of the top defensemen in the entire league. Also, a little tidbit of information, even though I'm not wearing the jersey that has to hold a patch for, that says it, but... um. There's one little thing that Alex Petrangelo did for this franchise and no other captain in the history of the illustrious career or illustrious franchise history of the St. Louis Blues has ever done. And that's raise Lord Stanley's cup above his head. The very first captain to ever do so. So with that alone, with that alone, you would think that there would be no hesitation, no hesitation whatsoever of them trying to re-sign Alex Petrangelo. Now, with that said, um, his current cap hit is $6.5 million. 
And the Blues uh, cap hit right now is $83.2 million. Uh, they're using $1.7 million of that in LTIR. They have $20,000 left in cap space. Yeah. Now, for signing, other than Vince Dunn, yeah, other than Vince Dunn, uh, well, they have Jabo Meester up for UFA, but he's probably going to retire. Um, and he's on the LTIR. Um, coming from Cap Friendly, really good resource to use. Um, Vince Dunn, uh, Troy Brower's probably not going to resign. Um, plus, also, you can, even if you do resign him, you can bury him into the AHL and it doesn't even count toward the cap. So, um, De La Rose. Uh, as an RFA, uh, I believe he has arbitration rights. And other than that, Alex Petrangelo, they pretty much have re-signed everybody else. Um, that's worth a damn at least. Um, and also with talks about how the cap might go down, does not bode well for the Blues. So, yeah. Um I mean, even without Petro, the Blues decor is pretty solid, including having guys like Jake Wallman, uh, Nico Mikola, um, and the uh, and Scott Peronovich, Hubby Bicker winner, not a big deal. Um, coming up in the pipeline, uh, could we go without him? Probably. Would we rather have him? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a billion times yes. Um, I just really hope that they resign him. And the fact that, think of it this way. Even though I'd imagine that this is a selling point that uh, Doug Armstrong has had with Petro. Uh, although, who knows? They very well could be doing the, or they were trying to do, um, what they did with uh, Craig Burby with the whole, uh, is he interim, is he not interim head coach, whatever, waiting to figure everything out during till the end of the season seeing where they are now there's no doubt probably his agents probably talking to Armstrong but since it's been very tight-lipped and everything like that um I would imagine that they uh, have at least talked about it now, uh, I just want to say here, also, what could he get? Presuming, thinking, like, imagining that the season did not pause and they were still riding this awesome wave, not only leading the Central Division in points, but also leading the Western Conference. They were on a tear and they very well could be going they were looking like they're coming to the playoffs hot and ready to go and could very well go back to back maybe still yet to be seen until we get an answer at least about what we're going to do with the rest of the season here but what could he get is completely up to where the cap is and what the Blues' situation is. Ideally, presuming that this never, this whole coronavirus crap never happened, I would imagine him getting similar deal, uh, a similar deal to uh, Roman Yossi. Which Roman Yossi's deal 
is nine million. Although he had to add his number in there, so it's actually technically nine million fifty nine thousand for through two thousand twenty eight. Uh, eight year, uh, $72.472 million extension for Roman Yossi that starts next year. Um, even though, yes, does Roman Yossi have a cup? No. And Roman Yossi is 29, while uh, while Alex Petrangelo is 30. Yeah, well, Alex Trangel is dirty. And I, and like I said, I don't foresee him leaving. A lot of people might think that he's going to leave. I don't think that Alex Trangelo, knowing how revered he is in this city, is going to leave. And who knows, maybe what he could do Maybe what they could do, maybe a lot of all these UFAs that are, are coming in to free agency now, knowing about this whole COVID-19 thing and how the cap might go down because no revenues being made at these arenas, especially if they return to play with no fans, there's not going to be any revenue coming into the buildings. No ticket sales, no concessions, nothing like that. So the cap's probably going to go down. But also know that the TV deal for the U.S., I believe, is this summer anyway. So that could also maybe help the cap situation. Maybe even just keep it where, it is, where it's at now without dropping it. Now, it's like kind of like a best-case scenario. Although, actually, no, best-case scenario is that it still goes up regardless. But being safe, then might be a deemed as a best-case scenario. But... What he could probably do is maybe be like, all right, I'm going to bet my, bet on myself for one year, give another team-friendly deal, um, and try to go for that huge payday next year, uh, the next season, um, which also could very well play really well, and, and stay with me here, could very well help the Blues if he does do a one-year deal, bet on himself, and then try to get that money because uh, blues this little defenseman that we uh, acquired for Joel Edmondson uh, known as Justin Falk Justin Falk uh, will be making 6.5 million the exact same amount of money as Alex Petrangelo in 2020-2021 season, so next season. And there's no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind, that there's if there's anybody that the Blues will try so hard to give up, especially if they retain Petro, to give up to Seattle to protect everybody else, from the the claws or the tentacles of whatever Seattle calls themselves. Uh, hashtag Kraken, make it happen. Um, Justin Falk will most likely part ways. Saving, oh, clearing a space for Nico Mikola, uh, Scott Peranovich, um, Jake Wallman, um, just to name a few prospects that could fill a spot on the decor. Especially since we have Marcos Gandela basically replacing Bo Meester because he's pretty much done. Um, we have Pareko, uh, Carl Gunnarsson, and Portuzo cycling in and out uh, from time to time. And also Vince Dunn, who I've heard rumors that they might try to move on from him, which I hope they don't. We need Dunny Boy back in there. We need him. Keep him in. Keep old, uh, old Dunner. Which also, with the whole 
Petro and Cap talked. Another thing that they could do, even though the tandem has been working well this season, is parting ways with Jake Allen, which would clear 4.35 mil off of the cap. Now, initially coming into the season, if that was to happen, I'd be all be like, yes, cheering so hard. But after seeing Jake Allen's play this season, especially how they utilized him this season, I don't. I am kind of indifferent now because he definitely blew my expectations uh, this season for sure. Um, even though, yes, that would for long term, the long term for the Blues, probably a better idea to part from Jake Allen. Number one, for him to give him a starting role elsewhere, that and also get Billy Huso finally some consistent NHL time. Well, he's he's come up here, come up to the Blues legitimately just to back, just to keep a backup, you know, the little stool that they sit on the backups warm. Um, I don't think he's ever started a game before. I know. I, I think he might have relieved, gotten some relief, uh, uh, reps in, but he hasn't uh, actually started for the Blues yet. Um, at least in the regular season, preseason, it's it's up in the air, but um, but that doesn't matter either. So, um, but yeah. And also, to add, Petro, if he stays, will probably go down as the one of the greatest Blues of all time, especially defensively wise, the greatest defense Blues defenseman of all time. And also, probably the day he retires, his number is probably going to go up in the rafters. Uh, he's probably going to get a statue in front of Enterprise Center. Along the, the the likes of Al McInnes, Bernie Federko, which Bernie Federko, for how many still how many records he has for the Blues, you never really hear anyone talk about him. That still kind of pisses me off, and also Brett Hall. It's a pretty good company to be with, and also other great. And having his number up in the rafters along with other great defensemen. Like the Barkley brothers. And Al McGinnis. But yeah. It'll be uh, quite interesting to see. Now, say in the slim chance, because yes, I'm going to call it a slim chance. That Alex would try and do a little parts ways to the Blues. Which then will trigger the blue, uh, the St. Louis fans to burn this damn city to the ground. Um, I, you know, I kind of I'm loosely joking about that, but who knows? Um, especially imagine like for those that you know follow baseball, uh, how salty uh, Cardinals fans were when out Al- and Albert Pujols left town. When he left town, now he's revered, but I'm saying when he left town, people were losing their shit. Losing their shit. And even though same things happening with Yadier Molina, um, diverting from a little bit, uh, he ain't leaving either. And if he did leave, this city would burn to the ground for sure. But um, say Alex Potential does leave. The easy answer is saying Toronto. Now, Toronto could use him. Toronto is, can't afford him. Um, although he's an old Ontario boy, he probably would love to play um, for a team that he probably cheered for um, growing up. Um, but yeah, they can't afford him. They can barely afford who they do, you know, even put together a regular NHL ready defense because they splurge half of their damn cap 
on four players. And there none of them, none of them are on the defense. They're all forwards. And that will probably be Toronto's downfall. Even though, yes, do I cheer for the Maple Leafs as long as they're not with, you know, messing with the other teams I cheer for? Yeah. Or at least any of the uh, teams that cheer above them. Yeah, I, I cheer for them. They're my number one Canadian team next to the Oilers. I'd say my Oilers are number two, mainly because of McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um Teams that could use him. Um, let's, while we have cap friendly here, uh, let's look at cap space. Who could... Okay, let's cycle back and see teams that could re- realistically sign him that could use him. Um, Ottawa, New Jersey, the Kings, um, although the Kings would be a waste because they're far away from even being playoff ready. Uh, New Jersey, I'd say the same because they need to figure out their goaltending because their goaltending is kind of the big thing. Uh, Ottawa, um, Melnick reasons, not going to see them come back anytime soon. Colorado, uh, that'd be quite a like a backstab right there in in the same division and seeing them at least three or four times a year, uh, that'd be brutal. But they could probably pull some bullshit out of their ass to pay for them. Blue Jackets would be quite interesting. Um, they're, I'd say, Columbus. As unattr- I mean, not to knock Ohio or anything like that, but or the Columbus area, um, or the fan base either, because I bet you guys are pretty nice, cool people. Um, I don't know if he'd want to go there, but they very well could use him, and they could very well be quite lethal with him, because they they could pay for him, they move you know move some stuff around, um, they could. Definitely make it work. Uh, Montreal could use them. Um, but Montreal's got some other stuff they need to figure out too. Uh, Rangers. Um, I mean, I feel like the Rangers are pretty good. I mean, they just kind of need to... I mean, they're not a top two defenseman away. Maybe another top four. And a little bit more steady in net. Because um, they got scoring. Because of ben, uh, how, especially looking at Mika Sabinajad and bringing uh, Artemi Panarin this season, that's quite insane. Uh, the Jets could could use him because their decor is garbage compared to yet last year. Um, losing a lot of pieces back there. Rangers, uh, well, not Rangers, Islanders. Um, it's hard to kind of it's hard to kind of pin. What the Rangers, uh, what the Islanders would need, I wouldn't think that they would need a Alex Petrangelo on there, especially how Barry Trotz has a really good uh, defensive system that can, you know, even if they didn't really have star players on the uh, on their uh, defense core, they could get away with it. Um, I'd steer clear from the Wild if I was Alex Petrangelo because the Wild they they just need to blow the thing up. Because are they a team? Are they a playoff team? Are they rebuilding? They're just in that purgatory, you know, and hockey purgatory. Ducks are rebuilding. I wouldn't do it. Uh, the Predators—they've got a pretty solid defense core, and they're already gonna—they're already paying, gonna be paying uh, as comparable in Roman Yossi nine million starting next season. Um, Detroit's got a lot of offloading to do. Um, but yeah, other than that, everyone else is pretty much either they couldn't afford them anyway, or they're just not worth the the look, uh, like a Buffalo Sabers, um, and a San Jose Sharks. But San Jose is because they can't afford them. Um, well, that and they just like something happened to the, after losing Joe Pavelski uh, to the Stars, they just 
fell off the damn face of the earth. Like, I don't know what the hell happened to the, the, uh, to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, but it was like their wit, the wind left their sails and they have a hole in their, in their sail too. So they're basically stranded, uh, and all that. But yeah, um, I just hope, but yeah, that's basically what I'd say about, uh, Alex Petrangelo. Um, he needs to resign with us. Um, and if not, um, I'm not going to take it personally. I'm not going to, as a fan, be pissed off about it because unlike other fans, because especially doing this whole podcast and the YouTube channel and all that and really looking at stuff. I understand that at the end of the day for these guys, it's business. It's their livelihoods. And I'm not going to get pissed off about it. A lot of, you know, fans that just can't understand that or just don't care to understand that. Yeah, they're going to get pissed off, but who cares about them? All right. Because in the end of the day, it's all about the money for them. And some and some players, they really just genuinely do not care about the money. Because especially if they're in a place that they love, they'll take the deals that will keep them there and will be able to, like a Sidney Crosby, that will take a team-friendly deal and just want to be paid a little bit more than he was getting but allows some, you know, headway so they can stay, you know, competitive and win. That's why under Sidney Crosby, they have three cups. That's why, you know, teams like Boston Bruins and St. Louis Blues, even though they're, you know, they're more of a bruiser team, but they're pretty, you know, evenly, they have an even spread or a realistic spread of the money, how they get to the playoffs. And I want to say during the uh, Blues and Bruins Stanley Cup final, they had a stat that there's not been a single team that had a player on a team that won a Stanley Cup that was being paid double digits. And by double digits, I mean like $10 or higher. There's not been a single team to win the Stanley Cup that that happened. Although I don't know when, um, actually I can look that up. When did Patrick? Okay. So. Oh, so that stays true. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, because I was kind of like, oh, well, how about the Blackhawks? Because no, both Jonathan Taze and, uh, Patrick Kane again paid 10.5 mil, but those deals went into effect in the 2015-2016 season, the season after winning their third cup. Um, so that stays true that there's not been a single team in the NHL to have a player making eight figures or double digits. That's what I'll call it. Um, to win a Stanley Cup. And people in Toronto land being like, oh, yeah, we're going to win it. No, you're not. That, unless the cap drastically, and I mean drastically raises, you ain't winning, you ain't winning nothing. Um, it's a sad truth. Um, or any team that tries to have that uh, mentality of not having an even realistic spread of the money instead of just paying four guys all of them, like half the damn cap, and then hope to, you know, fill it with AHL, ECHL players. It's not going to happen. <clears throat> but, yeah, I don't know how long this thing is because I, rec- I record the video side on, on Zoom, um, and it doesn't tell me how long this is. So it could be 20 minutes. It could be 40 minutes. I have no clue. Um, but, anyway, uh, that's pretty much it. Um, before I go, you know, endlessly rambling off, even though I already basically did that. Um, 
Don't know when the next episode is. Hopefully uh, hear back soon about the potential return of the NHL season or if they're just going to go ahead and cancel it, even though that Gary Bettman has came out time and time and time and time and time again saying that he's not going to, he's not even putting that option on the table. Um, But I mean, how long can we go without hearing about if they're going to have anything or not, or at least like a plan. But, uh, but yeah, but before we go here, um, once again, uh, for those that are listening on the podcast side, I do have this also on the, uh, on the YouTube side of things so if you want to watch the video portion or if you have like youtube premium or whatever and you still want to uh listen to it you know whatever it's on there um that and we have social uh media pages uh facebook at easy hacker reviews twitter at easy hacker reviews instagram at easy hacker reviews and snapchat also at easy hacker reviews and i also for the and I'll double check make sure this link still works before I uh, put this on there and uh, it's still up there um, so for the support relief fund that Spit and Chicklets um, Barstool Sports put together for the ECHL players coaches and staff uh, they have a goal of $100,000 or only 12.56% of that there um, if you'd like to donate um, the URL is in the show notes and the description below on the podcast on the YouTube side. Um, and this has been the second season opener of Easy Hacker Reviews, and hopefully I'll be seeing you sooner rather than later. Um, hopefully with great news about uh, the potential return of the NHL season. And without further ado, I'll uh, catch you in the next one. Thank you very much.